Hello and welcome to another episode of Bring On The IT Podcast. Bring On The IT. Bring On The IT Podcast with me, Connor. I've got Zach along with me. Manchester United have won an away game since February. Won back-to-back games since February. Kept clean sheet. Probably since February. I actually even know the last time we kept a clean sheet of, uh, away from home. And uh, signed a guy for a billion pounds. And you never know, we might have had a curse partner by some uh, French witch doctor, Paul Pogba, went to visit. Who knows? Uh, David De Gea seems to do. He said in uh, February he thinks we've had a curse put on us. We probably did. That's why we started winning now. So yeah, <laughs> no transfer talk here. Um, Fabrizio Romano, if anyone says that word or that person's name, I will lose my mind. I'm sick of it. It's almost over. Tomorrow it's shut. We have a team. We've signed the players. It's all done. Forget about Frankie Dion. Forget about Memphis Kapai, Albany, all that. But just forget about Barcelona, really. That's all we've been linked with. And yes, let's talk about what actually matters tomorrow. A football match. Thank God for that. Sky Sports won't like that. They'll have to keep going to this in their hype of like 9 o'clock till uh, 11 o'clock deadline. If Jim White were there, he'd be shaking in his boots in anger. Uh, But yeah, we won a game away from home in the Premier League. Do you remember what that's like? Because I don't. No, I genuinely can't remember. As you've said, like, do you even know? Do you even know we won against last time? Again, could not um, tell you. Away games. So back in February, we beat Leeds away. But honestly, it can't be that far, we can it? Please tell yeah, me it's uh, not. Manu away, Prem. Let's have a look. It probably was Leeds. You know, that that worries me. That does. Because <laughs> oh um, we barely won at home since like we started doing the podcast. Yeah, uh, 20th of February, where we beat Leeds. Oh, wow. I t- I'll tell you what, you can say one thing for sure then. We're lucky they stayed up. Yeah. But Do you remember the last time we kept a clean sheet away from home? Go on then. The 11th of December, 2021, against Norwich. And that was when we scored a pen, Ronaldo. We, we yeah. barely even deserved yeah. to win that game. So oh. we'll go at football oh. again. We'll go at football again. But yeah, let, let's just get straight to our Southampton game. It was a weird performance. Uh, the defence, really good. I thought midfield, pretty good. Alanga Fernandez really impressed me. Rashford Sancho, mm. um, especially uh, Rashford for 10 minutes in that second half, yes. But other than that, yeah, he's just not the centre forward. He's a centre forward when we're playing against these top six clubs where we can hit on the break, when he's got that half turn. When he's one-on-one with that centre-back, he can run past them with a long ball going over the top. But when he used to play from back-to-goal, link-up player, he's just not the one, unfortunately. I know it's going off one game. He was brilliant against Liverpool, but he's a left-winger. That's all he is. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dallo, Malassia, Varane, Martinez, the King Hobbit, um, four foot six. Didn't win any headers, apparently, against Chia Adams. Technically, five out of five. Gabby Abongo almost got to be watching the same game as us. And yeah, David De Gea again made a good save. Um, yeah, it was weird. After we scored, I thought, what? no, why, why are we sitting back here? We were absorbing a lot of pressure. Uh, Casemiro came on. It was all good. It was all happy and Brazilian, basically, by the end. Fred was on Portuguese. It was Portuguese language, left, right, centre of that pitch. And yeah, we saw it out. We won his first game away from February. Clearly, uh, she's first time this year away from home. And yeah, under Ralph Randick, we'd have definitely lost that game. Oh, absolutely. 
No, it was just it was a professional performance. I thought, yeah, it definitely wasn't perfect at all, was it? But as you said, defensively, I mean, the improvement is solid. Malassia, why he wasn't starting the first game of the season now looking at it, I mean, he's fantastic. Martinez, yeah, looks like he's settling in. I've still got this massive worry that Varane is any day now scheduled for that injury. And then we have this whole Maguire back in. I know we've already spoken about Maguire not being as, as bad and whatever. But you know that the media are going to talk about it. You know, if, if Maguire comes in and then it goes wrong. and da, 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 I, j I just want this to be our defence now for as long as possible. So please don't get injured, Varane. But yeah, the problem is, and we've said it for a while now, without Ronaldo, you just don't see where the goals come from. I mean, thankfully, Bruno, again, I don't think it was a seller performance from Bruno, but he rolled back the ears a little bit, bailed us out when we needed it most. He came in and it was a lovely little finish from him, but there were going to be a lot of games this season if Bruno plays how he has for the last 18 months where he's not going to do that. And I don't know who the guy is who's going to bail us out if Ronaldo's not coming straight back in. And I just don't know. I mean, presumably he doesn't go tomorrow and that means you've got to find a way to get him back in. But, you know... Let's not get back into all that, because I know we had that conversation last time about how you bring Ronaldo back in and keeping him on the bench. But essentially, without him there, yeah, I don't really know where the goal's coming from. Rashford might pop up with 10. Martial might pop up with 10. You know, obviously, Anthony confirmed now, but I don't think he's ever had more than 10 goals in a single season in the league. Sancho is not a massive goal scorer. Alanga... Gonna have to find a way for this, but yeah, it's definitely improvements. And yeah, as you said, the the big thing was sorting that defence out. That had been after that Brentford game, the four 0 it was worrying, and that's already looking a lot more steady. So you know, it's moving in the right direction, I'd say. I do have to admit, uh, going obviously, but we've talked about the Brighton thing, but I just, all of it was on David De Gea really. Once you go mm. two 0 down because of their mistakes, I don't think really anything was the offensive problem. I mean, it was a simple save. We won't go into it, but yeah, simple save. And then the, the pass to Ericsson was just awful. Um, talk of Ronaldo, I wasn't impressed. He, he looked, he looked pretty, he looked awful to be honest when he came on. And then, I mean, it was sad to see that like some centre back outran Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, mm. he proves we are all going to die one day because he he's never been outpaced by a centre back like that. He got outpaced as he came on as a sub, which is quite sad to see, just because we're all going to die now because even Ronaldo's <laughs> mortal. Oh, I tell you what, though, can we just take a second? Fair play, Southampton centre backs. I still don't. I know Salisu. I still don't remember the other guy's name. How good were they? They were fantastic. They were better last night. They were what? They were better last last night. Oh yeah, against Chelsea. I, did, I didn't actually watch the game, but yeah, I mean, I was so oh. impressed. I, all I, I've seen people calling him Ketchup, so that's what I call him. That Ketchup guy, whatever his actual name was. He was having a great little game. He was everywhere. I mean, I could see him being a bit of a Van Dyke in a couple of years, moving somewhere if he stays like that. He was strong. He was quick. So t to be fair to us, like it's one of those games where I think a lot of people suddenly were like, oh, United didn't play that well. Southampton actually played well. They just created about 10 half chances where Che Adams was just having like random pop shots. You know, they didn't really create enough clear-cut ones, but they actually did play quite well. You know, we won't always play against teams that are going to have that solid of a defence, you know, thank God, because we were struggling to break them down a lot. Yeah, and um, let's talk about, just for a laugh, um, Kaladu Kulabali. Um, what, one out of five headed he won against Chi Adams compared mm. to our little midget guy, five out of five? 
I'd just like to give a shout out to everybody who took the mech out of me on fantasy because he scored once. It's not going too well for you now, is it? He's not really keeping clean sheets. I think he's had a red card as well. Um, yes. Yeah, maybe get our little Argentinian butcher in as well instead. Is all I'd say. No, I, I took him out. I don't think he'll score many goals, Martinez. He couldn't get your points. Get Diogo Dallo, Dallo in. That's my big tip. Clean sheet and assist every game. But yeah, oh, I mean, let's talk about Dallo actually. Uh, that's a good segue um, because obviously we've been linked with. Uh, a right back in those last few days of the transfer window we're not talking about Dallow is but I thought he was awful against Brighton to be honest mm. I know not many players were good he was infuriated against Brighton I, I think everyone had a bad game against Brentford so but the last two games he's been good I still don't think he's good enough for Manchester United and if we could have I feel like we should have signed a right back uh, but obviously Ten Hag's confirmed today we're going into the season with uh, this squad now, apparently. Uh, so, what, what what are your thoughts with Dallo going for uh, with Dallo as the right back going forward and back? <laughs> uh, well, I think he's definitely stronger going forward. But I think, I mean, the, the big one for me that's frustrating is Jaden Sancho. I mean, we're not going to go into some Sancho thing, but obviously, he's not always the most confident at like attacking players or getting the ball into the box. He's sometimes a bit passive. He wants to turn around and pass it backwards so it's helpful having a player like Dallow who actually doesn't mind getting forward and swinging a ball in and having a bit of a run with it unlike say Aaron Wan-Bissaka um, but yeah I, I thought I was with you with the Brighton one but what was so frustrating about that was Dallow was one of the players I thought had stood out in pre-season I know we said when we did our first podcast back we you know between us we hadn't watched all of the games but the games in pre-season I watched the early ones in Australia and Bangkok I thought he'd, he'd looked a lot better um, he was getting forward. Him and Malassia were both getting forward. They were helping create. And we've seen a little bit more of that these last couple of games. Um, and yeah, as you say, I don't think he's Manchester United quality in the sense that he's no Gary Neville, who's going to be here for the next 10 years of his career and, and hold down that right-hand side. But there's it could be worse I think going into this season like a couple of months ago if you'd said we're not going to sign a right back and we're going to have Diogo Dallow I'd have probably thought yeah that's a nightmare but I think he's done well I think he looks like Eric Ten Hag is the manager he's been most suited to since he's been at Manchester United which is you know another good thing at least oh, but yeah you know what we'll mention him answering it we will talk about him for like 30 seconds uh, and Dubravka for about... I'll give you 10 seconds of Dubravka. Let's do him first. Dubravka, 10 seconds, long obligation to buy if he has to play a certain amount of Premier League games. What do you think? He's a backup keeper. Um, I, I don't know. Is he a million miles better than Tom Heaton in terms of playing in the Europa League? I actually don't know. I would I, I definitely say so. Do, do you think so? I've do you think him, so? I've watched him for Newcastle and he, I have been impressed at times with him at Newcastle. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, we will see him play because De Gea is not going to play, you know, away in Cyprus and Moldova. So we are, we will see a bit of Dubravka. Um, but yeah, it, it just is what it is. Hopefully he does what Sergio Romero did and leads us to victory and winning a trophy next summer. And thingy just doing some ball spins 24-7 in the centre circle. Do you think we'll be seeing him this weekend? I think we could, maybe, as like a substitute. I think at the very least they'll do like what they did with Casemiro and Varane. I think he'll be at Old Trafford. Um, 
I'd like to see him subbed on for 10 minutes or something. Uh, I, I, I would be very surprised if he started. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a little appearance from him. Impressed by it? Um, but no, no, I don't know. I don't get excited about transfers nowadays because Man United have sucked all the fuck out of transfers. I think the whole tra- I think just the, the whole thing around transfers, the fun's being sucked out of it. I used to really enjoy sitting down watching Deadline Day or listening about transfers. But when you see tweets seven times a day from like all these different accounts that I don't even follow, that's what I hate about Twitter. Just because I'm a Man United fan, I don't want to see all these stupid aggravator accounts ripping off journalist news where I could just read the article and know about it once. I think if you've got Romano and stuff, you know, just the fun and the love and the, you know, the excitement has been sucked out of um, transfers from Man United shit dealings to the oversaturation of just reporting on it. And, and the little kids just want... That's all they seem to care about. They actually don't care about the mm. football. I mean, you get to, what, February, and everyone's looking forward to the next transfer. It's like, what? This, this is the most exciting part of the season. What, what, what are your things on transfers and, and, and thingy in general? Are you even excited now, or are you just like, yeah, cool, we've got another guy in? Oh, I can't stand the transfer window anymore. I can't wait. I mean, like, I think when I was a kid, like, obviously, tonight while we're recording this, uh, it's deadline day tomorrow... I'd have had an alarm set. I'd have been up in the morning, Sky yes, Sports yeah, News what, on. Sky Sports News, yeah. Like, that used to be so special, but I feel like, yeah, as you say now, it's just, especially being United fans, it's such a horrid time. You're just linked with everyone. You always go into the window getting your hopes up. You always know you're going to overpay for your players, so if they're not good enough, you're just going to get ridiculed for it. You'll never sign the players we really wanted. We'll get a couple of Deadwood players in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't stand it. I cannot... I'm not looking forward to January one bit, although thankfully United don't really care about the January transfer window. Um, but no, so I'm happy that, you know, we don't have to deal with a big summer one for at least another year. Anthony, look, it's a signing with a lot of red flags, obviously. Very expensive. Um, played in a league that is nowhere near the quality of the Premier League. I, I saw a tweet today. Apparently he's not scored more. I think I said it before, he's not scored more than 10 league goals a season in his career. You know, the, He's not He's not proven to be worth what we paid for him. But at this point, it just doesn't make a difference. We're Manchester United. We have to pay this money for these sorts of players. So you might as well get behind him. It's a Brazilian winger. He's better than Anthony Alanga. So it's exciting. You, and you just never know. He could be the one who comes in and, you know, he's the next Cristiano Ronaldo who lights up the theatre. You just don't know at the moment. Like it's, as as we've said so many times, it's so hard to get excited about anything Manchester United related at the moment because you just you're always waiting for it to go wrong. You're always waiting for the media to just tear them to shreds. But it's everything that an attacker should be in terms of exciting. He's skillful. He's pacey. But yeah, it's got a lot of potential to go wrong. Obviously, so we'll have to wait and see. All right. Let's move on to a football match we have tomorrow, which I didn't actually know we had till about three days ago, to be honest. It's Leicester game, just squashing in the middle of a week. Everyone else has played Tuesday, Wednesday, like normal football clubs, but we're getting conditioned for Thursday night football. Like, this is oh. preparation for next have, week. Have you seen, by the way, sorry to put in, have you seen our, our schedule for October? Someone posted a picture around of it. We're playing yeah. every three days. I, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be sick of that. Manchester United. I'm gonna be sick of Manchester United by the end of this month. Uh, but yeah, Leicester, bottom of the league without a win, without a transfer signing, just lost their best. Uh, well, not just lost their most promising player. 
Uh, Yuri Tillemans might be on offer tomorrow, so I might not be able to play him because he's trying to make deadline day. Being a bigger mess than us. It's got the potential to be a good game for us, hasn't it? Hopefully. But yeah, I mean, they are they, they are in a, what what a biggest state in the Premier League? Maybe Villa? I'm not sure. It may be in a worse state, but yeah, like no signings. Manager looks on the rocks. The club's on its arse. There's just no joy or anything about that club at the moment, what we've seen over the last few years. And I feel like one more, if we, we went there to win tomorrow, Brendan Rodgers could be following Scott Parker out the door. Yeah, I think he could be a man in trouble. Yeah, it's sad to see what happened with Leicester, really, because you've got to think they had two seasons in a row where they were about one win off being in the Champions League. And if they just won one of those games, maybe everything's different and they're being spoken about in that sort of Newcastle realm of our maybe and, and that West Ham realm of they could be the next team to break into the traditional top six and all that stuff. But it does feel like they missed their opportunity and they're just, they're on the decline now. You know, all their players from the famous title winner going, Vardy's still there, but he isn't the same player that he was. Schmeichel going, that just sort of came out of nowhere. It does Um, yeah, I mean, Leicester, as bad as they've been this season, the uh, two undefeat to Southampton, the, uh, the opening day draw to Brentford, when they got that goal back against Chelsea, I know they did play against 10 men Chelsea for, what, 60 minutes? They looked dangerous. They probably should have equalised. Uh, they had a few chances. On another day, they could probably put them away. So they, they are still looking dangerous up front with Harvey Barnes, James Madsen, you know, Jamie Vardy still. It just just looked like the deeper midfield and uh, defence where they are looking the weakest, especially goalkeeper. I think I actually don't even know who their goalkeeper is at the moment. Uh, they're going with that Ward guy, the Welsh guy, but I mean he's been back up to Schmeichel no. for years, hasn't he? No, no, no. It's it's, it's an under twenty ones keeper or something. Oh, they got a new. I I saw yeah, Ward it's... the first couple of games of the season. Oh, yeah, no, the, uh, no, so since after the first game, so uh, since I think the, so after the Brentford game, it's been this like under 23s keeper. Oh, okay. I just, that shows I've not watched Leicester then, obviously, since the yeah. first game. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, if, if we don't even know who he is, then hopefully our not very good at goal scoring attackers can finally score. This won't be a bad game for him to turn up in. Obviously, midweek game with a Sunday game. Do you expect many changes? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Maguire in or um, maybe Ronaldo just just to show, look, he's got to be here. Look, he's, he's transferred deadline days. He's starting. Look, he's staying. I'd be surprised if there wasn't many changes. Yeah, I think this is the game to make the changes. As you said, Leicester with the out-of-form team and we're away from home. I think Old Trafford on Sunday against Arsenal, that is a massive game. You want everybody fit for that. Um, I guess the interesting one will be like your likes of Casemiro. Do you bring him in for his first proper game against Leicester? Or do you just take a massive risk and bring him in for his first one against Arsenal? I think that would be an interesting one. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see Maguire coming in. As I said, it worries me the idea of breaking up this partnership because I've really enjoyed Verano Martinez. But we're going to have to get used to this. It's going to be an absolutely brutal season. Like right now, it's very easy to like the starting 11 we went with the last two games. We're coming off the back of two good wins, but this team is going to get chopped, changed. There's going to be injuries, suspensions, rotation all the time. So we've just got to get used to it and start getting minutes for players. So, yeah, I'd expect three or four changes minimum, I think.
Casemiro's an interesting. I, I, I probably would save him for the Arsenal game just because I feel um, a Scott McTominay can sort of dictate this midfield against a Brighton, a, a Leicester team who might not have Tillemans in there, who might not have, you know, you'd be looking at maybe a Dewsbury Hall, uh, Madsen and who's uh, the, the CGM, what's he called? Uh, I can't remember the name now. Indeed. But yeah, it's not the, yeah, no, has he been playing? I don't know if he's been playing much. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh god, uh, we're doing a football podcast. A lot, yeah. We haven't got a clue. No, no, they're, they're rotating quite a lot. That's what I mean. But they are, um, they are rotating a lot more. They're struggling with uh, all the players. So yeah, it's it's a very weak midfield. So uh, on a Thursday night, when we've got Arsenal, who are well, I won't say on fire. I mean, they were lucky tonight. I thought in times made it hard against a very poor Aston Villa side. Uh, but yeah, that was obviously the one where you like. That's where we need a full strength team, and if games are going to be coming thick and fast, there might be a few rotations tomorrow. Mm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ronaldo start, like I say. I wouldn't be surprised to see Maguire coming. Um, even uh, you know, change at left back. Maybe I, I'd probably keep Malassia, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Luke Shaw start. I, I really wouldn't mind see. seeing like one of either Ericsson and Bruno start each game as well. I, I know that it's like it's working having Ericsson and Bruno there. We've won the last couple of games, but I don't think it's perfect i'd love to see ericsson given the chance in bruno's spot maybe play him there against leicester to no, get some I, confidence and then play I, bruno I, there I against arsenal no i i think uh, that's got to be ericsson's role throughout this season uh, he's got to be part since we haven't got dion we do need a player to uh, be that ball carrying midfielder to connect from defense to attack mm. and although he struggles you know with a bit of you know the actual fitness of it sometimes he looks a bit tired after 70 minutes he'll be playing every game i think in that role next to casemiro with Bruno as the number ten. So do you not do you not buy into the um the old Brazil double pivot, Fred and Casemiro? No, because yeah, Fred Fred's proved he can't do that job of what we uh, Eric Ten Hag wanted. Um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Frankie Dion for he he could not carry that ball uh, from the defence, dribble out and then play a good ball out to the wingers or to Bruno. He he can't do that. Nah, That's not what Fred is. No, I agree. So, so you reckon for that Arsenal game, Casemiro, Eriksen, and Bruno? I mean, that's an exciting yeah. midfield if it works. And yeah, I mean, it's worked the last two, I guess. You know, in the Liverpool, I mean, I think Eriksen's been really good so far. He's been solid. You know, I, I, I think he's been great. I, I, I just really hope in one of the games, like maybe in the Europa League, I'd love to just see him in that tent, just see what he can do. I, I, I agree with you. Like, we need that player a little bit deeper because, you know. Bruno is what he is. He loses the ball a bit. Ericsson can calm things down and still pick passes. But I'd love to see him given a go there. You know, get a little bit further forward, take on a few shots. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Is, I think I it is our best midfield. I do struggle to see where Ericsson plays in the uh, if he plays in Europe League, just because there's so many games for him like to play. You know, with the World Cup, maybe he wants to. You know, if he's a starter, will we rest him a lot more? Maybe play is he Dan Iqbal in the midfield? You know, or. Uh, you know, a younger player in that sort of position. It'll be interesting to see. I don't really think if Ericsson's a star, if he plays in the Europa League. Sure, sure. Especially I'll tell, I'll tell you stages. what, I know we weren't going to talk about transfers, but um, Hannibal being loaned out, I actually thought maybe he'd have picked up a couple of minutes in the Europa League, but I quite like that one going to Birmingham, get him some minutes. Oh, God. Honestly, there's no point playing six Europa League games over two months and then not to play till what? February. No, no be good and Ahmad to Sunderland I think I saw today unless it was one of those fake Romano accounts 
Oh no, yeah, he he's gone. I, I don't I don't really get that one. I'll be honest. It's really odd. It's sort of um, come out of nowhere though to go from Rangers and now Sunderland. It's a bit weird, but fair play as long as he's getting football. He didn't get much at Rangers. He probably will at Sunderland, but yeah, it's just it's a test for him. You know, being a bit physical league, but yeah, I'm, I just. It probably better going somewhere, you know, like a, a foreign league for him, just uh, to pr improve on them on the ball skills. Just because in the championship, you don't really get that flair sort of thing. Hang a ball, he, he's a nutter. He'll, he'll do really well in the championship. Pick up a few dollars. Um, but yeah, um, the the Amag one I don't really get. Got Sunderland, a team yeah, with a Tony time. Mowbray. Tony Mowbray is a manager. He's not very progressive. He's a bleed dying or yeah, not not a fan of that one. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to the Arsenal game then on Sunday, four thirty, Old Trafford, back there. Big Love game it. once again against top of the league Arsenal. They're, Confident. There is something about that late Sunday kickoff where it it makes the game feel big because it just builds up and builds up. You watch all the games going into the weekend, and yeah, confident isn't the right word because it's Arsenal, but the one thing I've maintained since the start of the season, doesn't matter how good Arsenal are, doesn't matter how much they're progressing, they are going to slip. I'm so confident of it, I would put money on it. I would love it if we could be the ones to put that first blow in, because I think as soon as you hit them with the first dagger, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Maybe I'm just dreaming, but yeah, I'd love it if we could be the ones. And, you know, I... I it's difficult because like Arsenal go in with all the momentum. Obviously, they've just won again tonight. I think against Villa. Um, but I guess if we beat Leicester, we're going in with three wins on the bounce. It's not quite as good as them, but we're still both going in in good form. It's an interesting one. It's, I hate trying to call it. I hate trying. I hate trying to call Arsenal because I just you just don't know with them. But no, confident definitely isn't the word. But it has the chance to be a really good game for us. If we could beat them as well, then we'd feel on top of the world, really, beating the sort of best starting team in the division. But yeah, it'd be a lot to see. I think if you ask me after the Leicester game, maybe I'll be a little bit more confident. But I think we've got to get that one out of the way first. I don't want to drop points at Leicester and then have to go and play Arsenal on Sunday because I think that could be a bit brutal. Who's 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 the danger for? Uh, who are you most like worried about with when you think of Arsenal at the moment? Um. Do you, know, do you know what? Where I've got to give credit to Arsenal, I think they're building a balanced team. Like, I think there's dangers there sort of everywhere. Saka's a good player. I think Jesus is dangerous. He's not necessarily... I don't want to say he's not necessarily a goal. He, he scores goals, but dribbling, technically, he, he causes issues. He's the sort of person who you don't really want Maguire there because he's going to run at him, he's going to make it awkward. You definitely want that for Ran Martinez's partnership, I think, marking him. Erdegaard, I've had him, I put him into my fantasy late on and I've seen he's got a couple of assists. Martinelli's the sort of player, I think he's a bit like Rashford. I don't think he's ever going to be a 20-goal-a-season player, but he'll pop up with a few goals here and there. He scored again tonight. Um, and I think their defence, their defence is slowly improving. I'm hoping Zinchenko's still out because I think he started really well. I know he's um, missed the last couple of games, but he might be getting back to full fitness. Uh, Ramsdale, I think he's getting better as a keeper. I think we're going to have to be we're going to have to, you know, be putting in more shots because I think he's done decent. I think, uh, yeah, I'd, they're, they're just a weird team. There's no, like, standout worldy players in my opinion. 
But when they're all in form, when they're all on the same page, they can be very dangerous and play very good football. So we've got to watch out for that. Do you think people are getting carried away with them? You know, yeah. Five wins out of five, fairing off for 50 points. Only team to do that. Who have you played? Uh, Fulham, um, Villa, Bournemouth. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace and uh, Leicester. Yeah, we haven't really had we haven't had a we haven't had a challenge. I don't think yet. I mean, Fulham did put them under some right pressure. Um, Villa did tonight. I mean, they have had an easyish run. I'm not saying you've still got to beat who's out in front of you. you know, that, but that's the thing. Three last year. I think apart from really what the Bournemouth and the Leicester ones like the, the Palace one wasn't too comfortable either. They won two 0 in the end, but Palace at one nil down had quite a few chances. I think they hit the woodwork a couple of times. This is an Arsenal team that is going to crack, and this season is going to be a massive test of their willpower because I think that's what let them down last season. There's no doubt last season they had it in them to finish in the top four. They were there. You know, they went all the way down to the bottom of the table like we did to start things. They got back up into fourth and they bottled it. I think it's about now whether they can get to that point where, you know, they've got that belief in themselves as a team to get over the line. You know, ability-wise, like you look at different team starts of this season. United didn't have a great start. Chelsea didn't have a great start. Tottenham will slip at some point. Liverpool, not a great start. Like, Arsenal have the chance to get into the top four. It's just about getting into good run of form. And when that first loss inevitably comes, don't let it spiral. And that's just what, what I see with Mikel Arteta in Arsenal. I see a disaster coming. I hope I'm not wrong. I hope it does come. Maybe I will be wrong. But yeah, I'd, they've got a long way to prove, I think, to prove that they can be up there. They're a little bit like us, to be honest. You, you can't get carried away with United because you always feel like there's a disaster around the corner. So, But this is definitely a massive year for them now. This is it now. Arteta had his chance last season and he missed it. He's got to do something big this year. And yeah, um, I mean, we are their first big test, especially away from home. Um, again, against the backdrop of some um, Glazer protests that will be going on from 3pm outside Trinity, going into the ground, it'll definitely be fiery. I don't think it'll be as fiery as Liverpool, but I think Arsenal, uh, Old Trafford, it'll be still fired up. I do think that, that'll help again, you know, that sort of um, atmosphere, that sort of cauldron atmosphere. Early few challenges from the likes of Martinez, from Casemiro, will get that crowd up. And I think that's what will carry us through I think in this game I, I am confident if we get a result tomorrow we will get a result on Sunday it all depends on tomorrow and how we're going into the weekend uh, I, I, yeah I, I want to have your confidence and as you said I think I will start to get that confidence if we get a result on Thursday and I think uh, after the Liverpool game and how bouncing Old Trafford was and how I really think Old Trafford managed to get United through that game I'd have to agree if we go into that game having won three on the bounce, and yeah, we're starting to get these players in the team that are a bit more likeable again, like Alessandro Martinez, who feels like he's fighting for the badge. It gets Old Trafford bouncing. That's all we want. That's We just want you to play for the team and to play 100%. You don't have to be the best footballer in the world. Just try. Just try. Just smash people when you need to. Run for the ball. Win tackles. Win headers. You know, just just play for the badge. And they're doing that now, or in the last two games, you felt it a little bit more. And if, yeah, again, we do that against Leicester, and as you say, we start strong against Arsenal, the fans will know, and Old Trafford will pick up. And Arsenal, you know, 
they'll do their little saliva chant and all that and, and they'll have fun but we need to make a loud noise and we need to show these players and the manager we're behind them because that's what got us through against Liverpool and it's what we'll probably have to get us through against Arsenal so yes we will be back next week to review these two games and look ahead to the busy weeks that were coming thick and fast from now on for Manchester United. Hopefully, we'll be very happy. Hopefully, we won't have any bad transfer news to bring. And hopefully, we just won't have to talk about the transfer window ever again. So yeah, bring on United. Two games, six points up for grabs. Let's get it. Bye-bye. <laughs>